All right. Well, this is not a test. This is not a joke. This is the return of the damn podcast. How you guys doing? Brandon Sprague, 1080 The Fan, Angie Machado, BeaverBlitz.com. And uh, Angie, when was the last podcast we did? I haven't even looked at the date of the last one. I think it was February. It was for signing day. Good Lord. February. Um, I know. And like, we're almost to May. Good God. Where is the time going? Well, and you know, I, this all falls on me. You guys have probably heard this song and dance before. Uh, life is crazy. Life is nuts. Sorry we haven't been here more often, but we are here. We just got done with spring football. We also have a special guest with us, Marcus Greaves, BeaverBlitz.com, 1080 The Fan employee, which he starts, I believe, Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, he interned on my show. You guys have seen all his great work at BeaverBlitz.com on video, uh, breaking things down, and uh, he's going to join us for today's pod. So spring football is done. Let's just get right into the meat and potatoes today. What did you guys think of spring ball? Start with you, Angie. Um, I, I think the biggest thing that I took away um, from the days I was down there was just the change in culture. Um, not only was the media allowed to watch practice, which is a change uh, from the past three years, but um, the guys looked to be having fun, and the coaches looked to be having fun. It was back to you know like some fun football and, and guys really working hard. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I agree with you, Angie. It's just the shift in the culture because, you know, obviously being a former player, I definitely remember, you know, even myself for the last couple of springs with the last coaching staff, it was more, it, was, it wasn't, it was you know, we're going out there to have fun. You know, you, we were playing scared. And it wasn't obviously, you know, scared to just play football in general, but we were just scared because, you know, we, we got this mindset that, you know, you don't want to mess up because you don't want to get yelled at in the meetings. You don't want to you know just stuff like that and that's the biggest thing for me now because you could tell you know even you know all the players are just you could tell they're just having fun and it's Mm -hmm. just back to you know playing football and doing what you what we've done for years well you know I'm glad you guys both mentioned the culture and you know there's a lot of alums that showed up this weekend I think the support no doubt Angie as you mentioned it feels like we're back to Oregon State roots right the Oregon State feel what it means to be a beaver etc but but what do you think it means coach-wise to have this group come in, fill in for a guy like Gary Anderson, take over this program. What does having coaches like this, bring Mike Riley back, having Jonathan Smith, what is the biggest change aside from the culture you've noticed with having those kind of guys back? Teaching. It's been so focused on teaching. Um, and, and Coach Riley, actually, I, it was a week or two ago, I was down in Corvallis and happened, I finished an interview, I was walking kind of off um, back toward my stuff and he was walking toward me and um, I, I had a chance to talk to him for like five minutes, just, you know, stand there in the field and we talked about just the change in culture, you know, and I don't think or the coaches, this new staff knew what they were getting into as far as that, um, as far as kind of the, the players keeping their distance and really not trusting the coaches and, and the staff has had to build that trust with these guys um, kind of first and foremost. But we talked about that whole former players coming back. You know, the, the past staff didn't want former players back um, unless they made appointments and it was not a drop in the locker room on a game day to see, you know, Lightning and Arnie. Why, it was, why was that? Why was you that? You know, I don't know. I It was there. Um, I, I really felt that Coach Anderson wanted his way. He was He didn't like this kind of um, – kind of um, the down-home – 
feel that Oregon State was. And Coach Riley even admitted, he goes, I know it sounds cheesy to say that we have a family atmosphere here. And he said every school in the country is going to say that. But he said at Oregon State, it's so true. you know. And it, seeing those former players on Saturday on the sidelines, talking to Matt Moore and Brandon Cooks, and you know, you see James Rogers every day or, or Mike Doctor. You see these guys, and it's so fun just to stand there and watch. I, I watched Steve Priest talking to Matt Moore, and you know, you're just like, wow. I mean, there's a couple Beaver great quarterbacks right there, and they're mm-hmm. laughing, joking, um, and they're able to do that and come back to their alma mater and enjoy it. So um, it's been that's been the huge, huge thing. All right. Well, Marcus, um, you know, we've had talks off the podcast, like just in the office. You were recruited by Riley, and you've talked about like kind of what that what that meant to you, how that felt to be recruited by a guy like that. And then you got there, and then Gary Anderson's the coach. What was that school supposed to be for you versus what it turned out to be while you were there? Well, I mean, first of all, obviously, you know, Coach Riley, the thing with Coach Riley is that he can just sell Corvallis because, you know, after talking to Coach Peterson at Boise State, you know, I had a chance to take an official to Oregon, all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, those are, you know, those are big time programs. And especially with Coach Peterson at Boise State, you know, they had, I mean, they were winning 10, 11 games. He's the best season. coach in the Pac 12 yeah, right now. Absolutely. No doubt. And it's just the fact that, you know, Coach Riley can get players to Corvallis is a huge accomplishment on its own because yeah. there's no chance that, you know, he should be out recruiting you know guys like you know guys who can go to Oregon guys who can go to Boise State but you know my expectations especially when I got there you know I was hyped you know it's just the family culture that was the reason why I loved it you know Coach Riley sold me on Corvallis you know I believed in everything he was telling me and it felt like he he was being 100% honest and you know nothing you know no no hate towards the other coaching staff but it just you know it's it was kind of like if they didn't recruit you you weren't you know you just weren't their guy right right regardless what you do regardless how hard you you know how hard you try how hard you play you know regardless what you're doing you know even to break the starting lineup on special teams you know i had to go watch film for countless hours compared to some guys who could just you know who they just threw in there as soon as they recruited them mm-hmm. you know I'm sitting there going you know two four hours a, t- a day you know with other walk-ons because we just want you know we just want to have a chance they overlooked us so much and it was you know it's kind of like coach Riley brought everyone together and it wasn't you know really you know you're a walk-on or you're a scholarship guy you know you're just part of the Oregon State team and that's exactly how I wanted it and that's why you know I chose that and then you know come you know when he told us he was leaving in Nebraska and then all of a sudden you get this new guy who comes in he's like you know all right here's my scholarship guys here's my walk-ons walk-ons you guys better you know you guys better show me that you got your butts yeah Yeah. or or you're not going to be on the team yeah and that's exactly how it was and it you know it was it was demoralizing for every walk-on and you know they can't say it right now because obviously they're not here but I can it was just demoralizing right right. and we you know having so much love for the game and having so much you know just ability to play you would think you know at least you know I can still just play just because I love it but it, that's all I was saying and that's why the culture changed because it was it hit a point where guys you could tell they didn't love it anymore it yeah. was more of just they were playing scared and they didn't want to be there well it's it's nice to hear that maybe that culture is back and, and look we identify with that culture I think everybody does with winning and, and being a good team within the Pac-12 and I think that's everybody wants that right like we can all agree 
that uh, let's just get back to a bowl game and then we can argue about, well, should the expectation be this or the expectation be that? Just be a respectable program again. That's that's kind of, I think, what we're all just after at this point. Um, Angie, I want to start with you. You guys you guys turned out a ton of really good content. Every time you tweeted something, I went and checked it out at beaverblitz.com. Um, what, what, what stuck out the most for you during spring ball? Um, you know, I, I really was watching the quarterbacks uh, and seeing kind of who was going to step up. Um, you know, honestly, after after the days I watched after yesterday, I thought that Connor Blount was was came out of spring on top. And um, I know Jonathan wants to carry this competition a little longer, um, but I really thought um, that Connor Blount won the job, especially after what we saw yesterday. Now, granted, the coaches watch a lot more film; they watch a lot more of them in the weight room and everything else. But um, I just he's mobile he, to, a, to a point, but he also can make quick decisions and. And uh, he, he looked really good yesterday or Saturday. I'm definitely going to say, you know, just the fact that they can, that they've just the, the way the offense is now, it's so basic. And it's not, you don't have to, you're not installing 90 to 80 plays every other week. You know, it's just basic. You know, we're going to run inside zone. We're going to run this. We're going to run that. Our passing plays aren't going to be, we're going to take, you know, 10 shots downfield and not connect on any of them. It's just short, quick passes. And that's what I really liked. And, you know, another thing I want, I took away from spring is that that move from, you know, with Christian Wallace from corner to running back, mm-hmm. I thought that was that was probably the best move that has been made at Oregon State. In well, a while. We might actually see him, though. Is yes, that what he, you mean? Yes. I honestly think, and, you know, Angie can say I for, too. I forget about him every exactly. year. It feels like four years now. We We've heard that name, and he's yeah. a four-star, but I want to see him on the field. Yeah. Who is he as an athlete? Who is a football player? Yeah, he's – I mean, f- from what I took away at running back, he, he's so much more comfortable at running back, and that's and that's half the battle. You know, when you go to Division One program, you just have to play comfortable. And like I said, like we've been preaching, there, he you could tell he wasn't comfortable. A lot of the players weren't comfortable, but now he is. And I think the biggest thing with Christian is you have to keep him – you have to keep his head on right, and you have to – you have to, you know, comfort the kid. He's not, he's not right. a guy that you can, you can scream at, and tell him to, you know, do it right, and then he, you know, he's just gonna, he's not gonna do it right. Uh-huh. And that's the thing, like, you know, they, you could tell he's bought into the program now, and I thought that was the biggest thing. I'm, I'm really excited to see what he's gonna bring because, I, I thought nobody was gonna even, you know. Especially at running back, I, I thought they had zero depth now. You know, but obviously you have AP, and then you have Calvin Tyler, who's hit and miss sometimes. BJ Baylor, I think, has a lot of development he needs to do. But with Christian, I think you know, give him give him a summertime to get the running back workouts and get get everything back to how it used to be from high school. And I think the kid is going to be something special at running back. Angie, well, and the other thing oh, I, I didn't oh the thing I didn't say too, and, and it's kind of the overall what I saw that I liked. Um, Besides positions, was the speed of the offense. Uh-huh. I mean, this is this is super fast, super, and they're they're not even going as fast getting plays in as they want to be. Wait, wait, they're, then, wait, they're very up tempo then. Lingering up tempo, yes, up tempo. Okay. Sorry, very up tempo. Like we're seeing up tempo, and they're telling us that it's not even as up tempo as they're going to be. Um, and then defense, just the aggression that they have. Um, and I don't even know how many times I heard throughout spring camp the defensive coaches yelling that he wanted the guys to play violent and be violent. Mm-hmm. And um, be fast. God, Tibisar does strike me as a crazy guy. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> you know, um, there's a couple of things I want to get to that you, you've brought up here, Angie. I want to start with the quarterback one. So you mentioned Connor Blount. And I'd seen uh, some people saying kind of the same thing. You know, he just he looked like the better quarterback uh, at their spring game. How much of you, when you say like? like 
Smith is not ready to name a starting quarterback. He wants the competition to go. I kind of got a feel, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, that from you, you kind of hope or wish that they would just name him the starter. But in response to that, if, if I'm assuming right, how much of seeing the spring game may be too much overreaction given the injury Jake Luton's coming back from? Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's some of that. I, you know, I, I just Jake Luton is not has no real mobility. Is my and that's been my kind of my criticism of him all along is that he doesn't have, uh, you know, he's more of a pocket passer, not real mobile. And I really think to be successful in the Pac-12, you need to have a quarterback that at least can move if he has to. That's that's my take. I mean, I'm going to agree with that. Jake, I think Jake is a good quarterback, but the thing is, especially with offense like this, at any time, I mean, any time you have a quarterback who can run, it just makes it that much harder for the defense. And I think that's that's what Connor, at least, you know, that's what he has, is that the fact that he can still throw, but as long as he he's at least a little mobile, it's just going to, you know, keep the defense guessing. And if you have someone like Jake, it's kind of like Sean Mannion in a way that you know Sean's not going to run. So what are you going to do? You don't have to, I mean, you just bring four rushers because if not, then worst comes to worst, you can drop everybody mm-hmm. and then there's nowhere to throw it and he's not going to run. So you just know that's kind of just, you just know how it's going to go. But with Connor, at least you know that he's gonna, he can run and that, I think that poses a big threat to a lot of defenses and that's what, I mean, at the at this level in the Pac-12, that's kind of what it has to be. You have to kind of have the most weapons to win. Yeah, well, and on, on my radio show today, we had we had briefly talked about the quarterback situation because Connor Blunt had looked good and, you know, I, I'd given my two cents on it. Like, should we wait and see and give Luton some more time and then go into the fall camp? And look, if he can't win it, then give it to Counter Blunt. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But I think the other part of it is I might just be out in general on giving opinions on quarterbacks at Oregon State. And the reason I say that is, uh, one, I'm not breaking these guys down every day like you do, Marcus, or you do, Angie. Um, but two... I was I couldn't have been more wrong on Marcus McMarion. Um, when he left, I I was one of those people that sat back and said, okay, well, you know that sucks, but he wasn't make or breaking your season. And again, I don't know if he wins you many more games than you won last year, but he clearly had something skill wise, right? Mm-hmm. He went to Fresno State and he was amazing last season. So th- there's something to this of. We may think Jake Luton should be the guy versus Connor, Connor Blunt might, might just be the guy. And, and I think that's the part for people like me that listening right now that we just need to accept of maybe we should just stop having these hot opinions and these takes <laughs> when we're not there every day. We're not breaking it down uh, because I do know there were other people out there that kind of felt the same way about Marcus McMarion. Definitely. I'm, I'm, su- I'm a huge Marcus McMarion fan. And I just knew. And I, I think d- that hurt the locker room, too, by the way. It did. That, that was the biggest. That, that, yeah. I think that is when Gary lost the locker room was that naming of um, when when he named Luton starting quarterback. Well, that's the thing, too, because, I mean, I was a part of that. And so, you know, I had so much trust in Marcus, and I had so much, you know, I just knew he was our leader on offense it, when it came down to it, regardless – you know, whoever it was, you know, we were, I was a huge Marcus guy and I would always text Marcus, always talk to him. Is that because your name um, is Marcus? Absolutely. I mean, I'm a little biased, <laughs> but just the fact that I could reach out to Marcus at any time and say, you know, if it was 4 a.m. and I'm like, Marcus, bro, I want to go, th- I want to go throw, I want to go run some routes. And he's like, all right, I'll be there. And he was there. You know, it's just so much, he put in so much extra work. He built so much trust. And not only that, just what he'd been through, just with the fact that you put him all the way at the, you know, dead last on the depth chart, he 
works his way up. Finally, you know, especially being a running back, I was like, this this is our guy. I want that, you mm-hmm. know. And come Civil War, when we when we beat the Ducks, and he, you know, it was tied. I think it was, or we were down, and he just pulled everyone together on the sideline and said, "Look, you guys are gonna follow me because I'm gonna make sure we win this game." Like, and that as a running back, I'm like, "Hell yeah, let's do that!" Like, that's what I want. That's what I want my leader to do. And you know, then you can kind of tell Coach A wasn't really he he didn't really want Marcus to be the quarterback or at least the starter. And then come fall camp, he kept him so long just so he would have had to stay there for the season he wasn't able to transfer and that's kind of what i that's that, pretty shady stuff and, that, and that's what i'm that saying that's kind of what i got from that and after that you know even you know even then i wasn't playing then because i had to retire but you know i talked to a lot of guys and they were like man that's so messed up like and that's and that's you know honestly that's where he lost it you know i don't like yeah. to say it but that's where he lost a lot of the players that's where he lost me um partially and i i just you know it's hard to it's hard to respect not respect it's hard to you know like someone after that because right. marcus is nothing but a good dude he didn't do anything wrong no you know no off the field problems um he was he did everything right that you wanted your quarterback to do and even then he you know you still put him at third string fourth string like it just doesn't make sense yeah i think he did that in part just to cover his own butt because i think he didn't really trust what they were going to do offensively and he brought in that kid from idaho and jake luton um the other thing i wanted to bring up angie that you brought up you mentioned the offense and the pace right the tempo they're going to go super fast and they want to go faster than even what you've seen we kind of have gotten a glimpse of that at Oregon State with Gary Anderson. How worried should Beaver fan be knowing that, uh, given how many bad positions the defense was put in over the last couple of years? You know, I, I think this will be good because I think, I mean, the defense, Marcus, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought the defense had almost helped feed them the mm-hmm. times when we saw them go 11 on 11. Um, that fat defense was moving just as quick with their, their substitutions. And, and granted, it's, it's hard to tell right now because so many guys didn't play and we saw so much young, so many young guys in. Um, but I, I seem to think it seemed to kind of motivate everybody. Definitely. And the thing with the offense, I like the speed of it just because, and I like the tempo just because it's, they can do it. They can do it because how simple the offense is, you know. And that's what I was saying with the last staff. We had we had play. We you know we were installing thirty to forty plays every single day of spring practice. It's like obviously you know you have to learn them or you're not going to play. But at the same time, you're like you know we if you perfect twenty plays, you're fine. You you know you have short passes, long pass. I mean you know short passes, long passes, um, whatever that may be, whatever the offense is or whatever the play call is. But it's just the fact they can go so fast because they're perfecting every single play down to every detail. But but in, let me okay, let me interject then. So you guys feel good about this because of what you're seeing with the team and the way they're responding to it. But let's say this is their first game of the year, Ohio State, and they're going fast and Ohio State's shutting it down and now the defense is getting gassed and it's 28 nothing going into halftime. Gary Anderson, I thought was almost a reflection of reaction. Like, when things didn't go the way he thought it would, he would quickly change ways. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and I just wonder, not to say Smith is going to be the same way or the same coach, because I'm hoping that he's not, yeah. how much of reacting to something like that to start your season 
do you think is going to play a factor here? It's one thing to go up tempo and look good in practice against your other teammates. Absolutely. It's another to go into Columbus against Ohio State, who's fired up to start their season off undefeated, and now you're down four touchdowns at halftime, and your quick strike offense has moved the ball for 25 yards. Are you guys concerned? I know you're smirking, but that could happen. No, it's just funny. It's it's terrifying. I've seen it before. I've been a part of that. How much are we worried, the collective we here, watching this, that that is going to audible out? They're going to say, all right, well, we can't go fast anymore. Like, are they going to stick with this, or are they not sold on it? I think. What I I see Jonathan is he's such a. I mean, everybody I've spoken with that has been around him, that played with him, um, has coached with him, talks about what a tactician he is. And that he's like that guy in chess that's already a, like a move ahead of you. Um, he's already in his head thinking through what they're going to do. It's I, I don't see him being so set in his ways that he's going to, you know, be stubborn into a to a fault of well, this is where our offense is up tempo. That's how we're running it. By God, even if we lose eighty to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, that's and that's like you said, uh, Spray. That's kind of how it, it felt with you know Coach A was the fact that it was kind of just a reaction kind of thing and what I like what I'm seeing is the fact that you you have to especially in the Pac-12 you oh I mean you're always going to have to change something that's just how it is you know you you're like with an exception of Oregon because obviously you know Oregon a couple years ago they're like we're going to just outrun everybody and that's right. what we're going to do every single time but I just feel like with the way the offense is right now you learn especially as a former player you learn to go that fast because when it comes down to it and you need to go that fast you have to but I think the thing is with Coach A is we you know we practice going super fast all the time and then come game time we would never do it mm-hmm. so you're like why are we practicing this but that's what I'm going to say is if you practice practice it this much you better you know you better do it because then you, I mean it just doesn't it just it doesn't pan out and it never right. panned out you know for the coach A era and the coach A staff because we would practice going you know I'd be gassed in practice at running back and I was like all right you know it's going to pay off in the game and then come game time we're you're slowing we're, it we're down so more, slow yeah. and yeah. I was like why are we doing this because we didn't practice this and that's I just think the offense as a whole was just so you know we were not connected by any means it felt like sometimes um in those Anderson days that like one possession they're going super fast and then the next possession they're going super slow and it's like do you even know what you want to do yeah and that you know that cannot that's got to be so detrimental to an entire group of players of like what are we yeah you lose your identity as a football team that way yeah and and i would always see that and be like yeah well i'm not surprised because they don't know what the hell they want to do exactly um because we have about 10 more minutes on this is a, a shorter pod we'll, we'll do another real mega pod too when we got more time um i, I want to talk about something that so today oh. we had a huge wrap-up okay spring practice because because now we kind of shift at beaver blitz marcus is going to be um kind of breaking down each position for us kind of grading them out who did well who who needs some work right um but we also shift into spring evaluation mode in the recruiting trail. So the coaches will be hitting the road tomorrow, um, out recruiting, doing camps, all of that good stuff. They so hosted a ton of players, too, didn't they? They did host a lot of players, yes. And that was a discussion on, in the Lodge, too, about where the commits. But when you sit back and look, only like three of those guys, four of those guys had offers. So 
it, it's a it's a catch twenty two. So right. um, one thing though, so Amy and Marcus kind of dumped out their notebook, and so if you're not on Beaver Blitz now, you need to get over there because there's so much good insight. I mean, Marcus was there all the time. Amy didn't miss a practice. Um, she was there all day, every day. Yep. So um, discipline has been a has been a big issue um, as far as accountability. And so one thing, and I'm just going to share this. It's a VIP article, but one little tidbit that I want to share with the podcast is that we've heard all all along about, you know, I think we talked about it on our February pod about, um, you know, if you didn't go to class or you were late, you had to go 6 a.m. running and all of that. Um, Now they've had this, I mean, there's full-on, like if you skip a class, if you're late, you have what's called downtime, DT. And DT is from 10 p.m. until 2 a.m. And I had to double-check with her today to make sure that was the correct time. And players have to go be with a coach at Valley Football Center. It's like their punishment. That's... And I was like, 10 to 2? Wait, p.m. to a.m.? And she goes, yeah, you know, like when the bars are open, I'm like, oh! <laughs> well, and that's, I mean, honestly, that's that's what you need. Can I mean, you just put the whole team in DT time? Because I don't want any of these guys to get arrested or anything. That's, I actually, I mean, a lot of the guys texted me. I've I've talked to a little of them, I mean, a couple of them about uh, just how it is now. They, And that's the thing, like, you know, if they're telling me, like, listen, man, even I'm talking, I will not throw names out, but these were these were guys who, you know, used to go party all the time and, like, have no problem with that, you know, and it's like, um, you know, don't get me wrong, what Coach Simon had people do, it, you know, if you skip a class was awful, but that, you know, the way they described that sounds absolutely awful. Oh, the, the 6 a.m.? I, I mean, the 6 a.m. was bad, but 10 to 2 uh, a.m., oh. that yeah. sounds absolutely brutal. That's like, I, I honestly could never do that. I would never want to skip class after that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would you want to hang out at the Valley Center with, I don't know, Coach Riley or Coach well, I mean, Mahalchuk? Coach, uh, I mean, I would hang out with Coach Riley. Coach Riley. I mean, yeah, I mean, it would be <laughs> 10 to 2. Oh, yeah, no. I, I think about the geek in me that would think, well, dang, I just want to go hang out at DT just now just to pick their brains and learn football. But, yeah, well, yeah as think a college about, kid, think no about way. Part of that punishment, too, guys, is like you have to not only be there from 10 to 2, you have to play – the game of the coach's choosing. Like, this coach busts out like old maid, and you're like, I really got to play old maid? And he's like, Yep, nobody else will play with me. You add something like that, it changes everything. It yeah, changes. I don't know if yeah, I could do thinking. that. I would, yeah, I would not do that. There's no chance. There's no chance. Even thinking about that makes me cringe. Um, what's a, give me, give me a non, like, we talked about quarterbacks, we talked about the offensive line a little bit. Give me, give me a name that really popped for you. You said Christian Wallace earlier, and I think that's a good one because of his recruiting status and the hype with him. Give me a name on both either side of the ball that you've really thought, man, I've been really impressed with his development, how far he's grown, or who he is as a player. And you already know what I'm going to say. I know who you're going <laughs> to go for it. I am, I am he super... has a man crush on this guy. Oh, I know he does. <laughs> okay, there's two. Okay, there's, two. On, there's Andre Bowden, and Andre, you know, I give Andre all the props in the world, same thing, you know, walk on, and he's worked his way all the way up to, you know, getting a lot of playing time. And then I am super high on Champ Flemings. And I like I, we've had Is it to, because of the name? <laughs> no, we've had this. Okay. You know, we've had so this. So, Brandon, let me set the tone for this for a second, though, because <laughs> up in the press box on Saturday, uh-huh. it was myself and John Newby, who's our NFL writer, mm-hmm. and then Amy, my, and then Marcus and Shamaya. 
Unatoa Whitson, who's another retired player. And yeah, Marcus starts going off on champ. And, <laughs> and, and, and so we have former defensive player in Shemaya, and he's just like laughing. He goes, I could take that guy down in two hand touch. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, champ, he is small, but I honestly think, you know, he, and like I said, Sprague, you and I have had discussions about players who play kind of like Victor Bolden, right? Right, right. And I'm super high on Victor Bolden. Right. But, and you know, I, I labeled him more as given what I was told he would be, wasn't quite that. But, yeah. You know, and, I just think with someone with someone like Champ, he's kind of a guy, he, and he plays a lot like DeAnthony Thomas. And Shamaya was, I don't know why he was freaking out when I said that. Because here's the thing, you get this, you give this guy. Shamaya, to be talent. fair, Shamaya, there's no way he's catching Champ. Yeah, you know that's, <laughs> that's the thing. That's what I was telling him. I was like, if it's one on one, you're not getting it. Right, like, right. I, you know, I will take, I will take ten out of ten Champ every single time. But that's the thing, you know. Obviously, you're not going to give this kid a, a a fly sweep if you know to the short side of the field so he can get crushed. You know. That doesn't happen. You know, it's just a guy that you give the ball, you know, an open field, let him do his thing. Granted, he's, what is he, Angie, we, we want to say like 5'5", five, five, 140 pounds. <laughs> Probably soaking wet. I, yeah. I, yeah, I think he's listed 5'5", five, five, 135. Wow. So I'm going more like 5'4 and a half, maybe yeah. buck 30. Yeah. Never and thought I'd say this about a college football player. I could bench press that dude. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I could mean, probably don't bench press him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely don't throw him out there to block somebody. Will but. they find a role for him? Absolutely. I think he he's going to be a guy that they throw out just to, you know, just to make plays. And I think that's exactly what he could do is make plays. Mm-hmm. And just in open field, I'm telling you guys, I will take him every single time over anyone on on the offense. I will take him every single time if yeah. it's one-on-one. Angie, okay. what about you? I'm Give me a name. With, what about defense then, uh, Marcus? Defense. I like Hamica. Or Jeffrey okay. Manning. Jeffrey Manning, yeah. actually. Jeffrey Manning is my is the guy. Um, I know we've talked about this a lot. He just just something about he he plays so mature already, you know, and he he understands the defense. He's a hard hitter. Um, I think he's really going to push Jalen Moore because I mean I don't think anyone's going to take David Morris' spot when he's back. Right. David Morris is you know he's a great player, but I really think Jeffrey Manning is going to push Jalen Moore, and he I honestly think he could probably even take a starting spot because. Mm-hmm. Just his development so far, and he hasn't, you know, it's just, it's his first spring ball. And just his development is, it's off the charts. He's already put on size. He's already put on speed. He understands the game. He's just a smart football player. And, you know, I really admire guys who, who truly understand their position, understand not, I mean, I guess not only their position, but everyone else's. Because you can tell, right, right. you know, if they understand football or not, because he's telling people where they should be. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone's in the wrong spot, what's going to happen? He can, you know, he can tell the play before it even, you know. That's what they need. I mean, they that. need so many smart players out yeah. there especially this season where you know some people might think they win this many or they barely win this many whatever it is this is a season where you're bridging a gap right you're you're mm-hmm. you're closing of one chapter you're beginning another you just need the smartest players out there to lead the group and and give them a shot and, and build up the confidence going into year two and I, I know that sucks to say but like year one I hope we get surprised I have more of an idea of this first year for Jonathan Smith is about turning everything around mentally and emotionally for this group than it is about winning football games. They would never admit to that, but I just think it's obvious given yeah. where the roster is compared to some of the other conference. Year two, th- you know, getting into year two, this is what you need is what you're talking about. You need those smart football players out mm-hmm. there. I think, and I I don't want to go off a timeline because I feel like that's what a lot of people did with the Anderson era. It's kind of, you know, year one it's this, year two is this, year three is this. But honestly, the most important thing I think right now is just having... Uh, a football 
coach in a football program that not you know that everyone can support because it's too hard to try to run a football program if nobody supports you. Right. And I think that's what Coach Smith is focused on, and he's already got that. I mean, it was unbelievable. I haven't seen you know even when I was there, it wasn't it wasn't like this. Mm-hmm. So it was the most people to show up alumni golf tournament ever. Yeah, and I mean I should have went because don't get me wrong, like I might have been a football guy, but I'm telling you guys, you know I, I got a little Tiger Woods in me. But oh, are you better at golf than me? Oh, absolutely. Oh, what's your handicap? Anyways, Angie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I think I'm, we should take this uh, podcast out to Top Golf someday. And, right. Uh, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's play the Top Golf game. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, something like what you're mentioning, Angie, of the biggest turnout for the golf tournament. And that kind of they're everybody else's way of like a big f you to Gary Anderson. Like, yeah, we <laughs> yeah. love our program. Yeah. We're here and we're yeah. supporting this crap. Like, enough of what you were doing. We're moving on to something new. Um, yeah. We're kind of against it time wise. We have a short one today. I'm so sorry. Uh, some things popped up for Angie and myself. What do you guys think about doing maybe kind of a part two to this of more spring ball? Dive into the recruiting a little bit and continuing on uh, sometime else this week. That works I'm, for me. I'm good. Does yeah. that work? Yeah, Angie's the boss now, so I, I, I mean, Angie is Angie's the boss the even if you don't work for her. her so, <laughs> Angie, does that work for you? It does. I, I do. Uh, I'm actually flying out to Nashville later in the week, um, not for fun, but I'm going back for um, the 24/7 Sports CBS Sports Conference Publisher Conference. So. Sounds like fun to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Angie, go throw my name out there, yeah, please. Cashville, baby. <laughs> um, okay, so what we'll do is we'll table this. I'll talk with you, Angie, off the air. We'll try to coordinate a day and time that works. Marcus, you're hanging out, so you just come in whenever we need you to. I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll I like I like having Marcus on. It adds another dimension. It's fun, yeah. And you know, I work with him. I give him a lot of crap off the air, um, but it's fun to to have him on and, and break things down for us uh, stupid football people like myself and, and so, myself. Yes, Marcus. Okay. Marcus sets us straight. Okay, so go to BeaverBlitz.com. You'll find all the great content there, including Marcus. Hey. Uh, and we will we will have a part two to this spring football uh, at sometime this week. I'll coordinate with Angie. We'll figure this all out. Definitely. And we will be back for another edition of the damn podcast. Part two. Keep on the lookout. Give us a follow at Angie Machado one at Brandon Sprague and at Marcus, Marcus Greaves, underscore. Greaves underscore. Why did you put the underscore? Uh, I don't know, man. I had to change it from what it was. It was like some hip-hop artist name back in the day when I made it. So, uh, I mean, as, long, your, as long as it's professional. What was now. your rap name? It was like... Jeezy? Jeezy something? I don't know. That's right. You were. That's what your Twitter was, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. We're done. With, we're done talking about this. I'm glad Next you I need a rap <laughs> name. That's what you guys need to figure out. That should be our Twitter question. What is Angie's rap Angie's name? Angie's rap name. Uh, I'm going to take it's better than Marcus's. Yeah, we're We're, <laughs> we're going to have to undig <laughs> some of that uh, rap that you probably put on SoundCloud Whoa, somewhere. Yeah, I'll delete, I'll delete my SoundCloud <laughs> right after this. All right. Uh, we'll be back for uh, the second part of spring football. Thank you guys for tuning in and be on the lookout for the uh, the second part.